Welcome to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is a community helping New Yorkers embody the love of Christ for the good of our neighbors. For more information, go to goodshepherdnewyork.com. May you be filled with curiosity, grace, and peace as we listen and learn together through this sacred text. And now a reading from Matthew 13, 24 through 30, 36 through 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Good morning, Good Shepherd. We're so glad that you've joined us again on this Sunday for Digital Church. And as you can tell by my mustache, I'm on vacation. I'm here to introduce to you our uh, guest preacher for the morning, Bishop Ed Gunger. Uh, Ed is a good friend, dear friend, and a mentor along the way. He's the presiding bishop of the Diocese of St. Anthony and also helps lead a thing called the Order of St. Anthony, which I've participated in for a couple of years. He's married to his wife, Gail. Uh, They live currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they help lead Sanctuary Church. Uh, But for a couple of years, they lived in New York City, and they were present with our community. They loved us, they served us so well, and they ministered to us. And so we're so grateful to have them back uh, ministering to us in this medium. Uh, Bishop Ed is uh, a brilliant mind and a warm heart. Uh, He has studied theology and has a master's in history, and he's currently working on his Ph.D., in theology, which is focused on the intersection of philosophy and theology. And so you're in for a treat. We're so glad that he's joining us this morning. Uh, Also so glad he's helping make this vacation possible for me so I can get a little bit of rest. Uh, So give a warm ear to Bishop Ed Gunger. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you today. We're going to be sharing from the parable that you heard in the Gospels. The parables of Jesus are given to us to help us understand how God is at work within the world. And as 
in our reading, Jesus would often say, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to, and then he would launch into one of these parable stories. There are a number of Jesus' parables that are agrarian in nature. That, In other words, they're, they have farmers and seeds and plants and harvests, uh, the stuff of farming. And in this particular parable, someone has sown some good seed, and that good seed's growing. But somewhere in the process, someone else enters in that Jesus ends up calling an enemy. And they have planted weeds, something that could potentially ruin the good plants. And the workers who are working with the sower grow concerned. And they ask uh, the master, did you not sow good seed in the field? And where then did these weeds come from? And the master answers, an enemy has done this. And then the workers say, well, do you want us to go and gather up all the, uh, the weeds? And the master says, no, no. For in the gathering of the weeds, uh, he says, you might uproot the wheat along with them. So let both of them grow together, he says, until the harvest. And then at harvest time, the master says that he'll tell the reapers how to deal with the weeds. Now, there are three kind of pastoral reflections that I have from this particular parable that I'd like to share with you. Um, first, the image of the seed that's often used by Jesus in the parables, they, this image generally refers to potential. I mean, all seed is the potential of something more, something more than what it is, right, in seed form. An apple seed has an apple tree in it and other apples in it, even though uh, that's not immediately obvious when you look at the seed. Um, in this particular parable, the seed comes from the sower who stands for God or for Christ. And the claim is that God, who is good, sows good into this world and into our lives. This is what's known as the kingdom of God. It's the sowing of good. But notice that the good God sows into the world, that it, it, it's one God sows into the world, one God acts in the world it's most often done in the form of potential. In other words, it's done, God's action is the results in seed. In other words, not fullness. God is in motion in our world and in our lives, but it isn't full. The good is partial. It's not complete because it's, it's seed. Growth may be taking place, but more needs to happen, which is to say, there is still less than what there will be. And that life is like that. And walking in the kingdom of God is just like that. The teaching from a parable like this shows that God has seeded our lives with good, but that it takes time for good to be gooder, <laughs> which implies there is a tad of ungood in the midst of whatever good we have, which is again to say that life is less than perfect when you're living it whether you are talking about friendships or family or career or your community of faith or looking in the mirror. I mean, there may be lots of good present in your life, but there will always be room for growth because life from God comes to us in the form of potential. That will be true until the end of all things or until the harvest, as it's called in this parable. It's when the angels come out and button things up, right? According to what Jesus said. We also find out from this parable that good is not the only thing going on in our lives, that there is another kind of seed that's been thrown into the mix. These are the weeds. Uh, God isn't the giver in this case. Jesus said the sower of the weeds is 
an enemy. I mean, if you look at your life and you see the times when good has been sown and you can see times when stuff that's not so good, something that's hurtful has been sown, sometimes that enemy can be a friend or the culture in which we live. I mean, sometimes our culture reflects what the Bible calls the demonic, where it locks people up or displaces people or hurts people or doesn't bring fairness in the world. Those things are demonic in nature, is how the Bible would put it. Uh, sometimes that's an enemy. Sometimes <laughs> our enemy is us. It's the old Pogo cartoon that said, we have met the enemy and it is us, right? Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. But weeds, they rob and they suck precious nutrients and water that exists around healthy plants. Weeds always try to rob potential. It's the weeds that get sown into our lives that make our lives feel like we live in the land of the suck, right? I mean, the parable is clear that our lives have both the good seed and the bad seed. We have both kinds. And even when God is active in your life and things are, you sense his presence, things will still be imperfect. I mean, your friendships will be imperfect. Your career will have lack in it. A marriage that you're in won't be perfect. You won't be perfect. So the encouragement is don't freak out when all is not well. And don't focus all of your energy on trying to pull up what isn't well. That's what Jesus says in the parable that the master says, leave it alone. You're going to have both. Don't ditch jobs or friendships or lovers or imperfection uh, you know, in your life if that's screaming at you. Because imperfection is just part of the human experience. And even though this is a world where God recklessly and incautiously throws seeds of good, all is not well. It's only potentially getting well. So that's the first thing. Second pastoral reflection is um, the sower is God or Christ, and he sticks around for the whole process. He's the one that instigated the seeding. He oversees the growing. He witnesses the weeds' disruption he orders the harvest through this story. Our faith in God declares that he's hovering over our lives to ensure that the good that he's planted in us will eventually win. The psalmist reports it this way in Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me and you know me and you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. It's not talking about slapping. It's talking about an extension of blessing when they would lay hands to bless someone, a child or someone that's a leader. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go? The psalmist says, from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? What that's saying is that God is always with us and that he is with us in the process of sowing good in our lives and realizing that the enemy sometimes sows bad in our lives, but he's there with us. And somehow the potential of that seed God carries within God's self, the potential and the fulfillment of the promise of good we can be assured of because God is with us. And when you have God, the fullness of good is with you, even though the reality of that good is not, not yet. 
One of the texts that the lectionary attaches to this parable that we read this week is from Genesis. And there's a story about this guy named Jacob who's destined to become Israel. His name is changed. The name Israel meant to be a prince with God, but his name at this stage of the story was Jacob, which meant usurper. Wasn't a good name. He's a classic story of a man walking in less than his full potential. And when we pick up the narrative uh, in in the book of Genesis, he's running for his life. I mean, he's not very princely uh, at this point. And he's hiding out in the middle of what the Hebrew text calls uh, nowhere. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been nowhere. And while he's sleeping there in this place called nowhere, Um, he has a dream. And the narrative, this is in Genesis 26, it says, Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth with its top reaching into heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending on it. If you remember from the gospel reading, we had angels uh, going about as well. Um, The angels show up somehow. They're involved with the bringing full potential of good into reality. I don't have any idea how that works or if it's mostly metaphor, but the point is somehow something's going on when nothing is absolutely perfect. Something's going on when things are not right or just sitting partially good. And then the text reads that when Jacob awoke from sleep at that place he was at, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. See, here's the point. When, when God is with you, your unrealized potential is safe. And God is with you even when things don't look right. He's with you to make sure that the good comes to pass. So stick in there. I mean, even if you're running for your life and you're in a place called nowhere, stick in there. God is with you. And then the, the third kind of thought that I had um, from this parable is the sower in Jesus story told his workers not to focus on the weeds, but that they should focus on the good uh, growth that was happening. So let me encourage you with that. Don't focus on the weeds. Don't focus on the bad stuff in your life. Don't be so conscious of the bad. I mean, maybe lower your expectations a little and be more thankful than bitter about your life. I mean, I don't care who you are. There's there's good in your life, good that God has given you. Uh, in Acts 14, Paul was talking to these pagans. These are non-God followers. And he said to them that God was engaged with their lives, even though they didn't know it, just like the Jacob story. And in verse 13, 17 of that chapter, um, Paul writes, God has not left himself without testimony in your life. He has shown you kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. (laughs) This is what Paul's telling these guys and gals who just aren't paying attention to God at all. He said, man, the sun you see every day, the rain, your food. I mean, they're all the result of the seed of good from God to you. And all the stuff that fills your hearts, I mean, the stuff that makes you laugh or deeply feel, those are all testimonies of God's good working in your life. So the point is, don't be a boorish ingrate. I mean, sure, your life may have suck in it, but it doesn't only have suck. I mean, Paul asserts 
In 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why? Because there is good in your life. We're to be a Eucharistic people. This is why we celebrate the table. Eucharist literally means to give thanks. So when we come to the table and we bring the bread and we bring the wine and we ask God to touch that, and what we're really doing is we're giving thanks for life and we're giving thanks for the human experience and uh, the story that we're part of. And we're giving thanks, Eucharist, for the gift of Jesus Christ and for one another. There's so much to be thankful for. So in review, one, be okay with good not being fully good in your life. Number two, know God is with you to ensure the good, the fullness of the good will eventually get there and there will be angels involved. And then lastly, don't be an ingrate. I mean, be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is an interdenominational church centered around the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Our church is theologically rooted in the Apostles and Nicene Creeds, but we welcome people of any or no religious backgrounds to participate in our community. If you would like to support us, please text Good Shepherd NY, all lowercase with no spaces, to 77977. That's Good Shepherd NY to 77977. Or visit our website, goodshepherdnewyork.com. Thank you for listening.